grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton. Good evening, dear listener. It is always a pleasure to have your company on After Dark. Tonight, we're going to be diving into a red hot topic with Jasmine from Conscious Sexuality, and that is how religion affects us in the bedroom. She speaks from a place of experience, and it's going to be a fascinating discussion on how organized religion can really mess with our heads and, as a result, mess with our sexuality. Sindra will also be dialing in from downtown Bangkok as she lives the digital nomad lifestyle. But she's talking about the mundane stuff that we all need to deal with. The towels on the floor, the dishwasher packed in a ridiculous fashion, and how that can be a real cock block when it comes to getting busy with our partners in the bedroom after We've just chastised them like a small child. That's all coming up tonight on After Dark. Want to unlock your pleasure? Jasmine invites you to push past your limiting beliefs around sex and love. It's Conscious Sexuality. Always an absolute pleasure to welcome back Jasmine to After Dark and... When she brought up today's topic, I went, oh, Jasmine, you are going to dive into some juicy stuff today because it's something that I have always been fascinated with and have, in fact, been watching a few docos on this subject. So, first of all, we're going to talk about sexuality as a concept and you know, how that all fits together and then something that might throw a little bit of a fly into the ointment. <laughs> Hello, Louise. I love that introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yes, today's topic, mm, I always love coming on and having a chat. And like you said, we're going to talk about the whole concept of sexuality and we're going to hone in around how religion and shame can affect us in our sexuality and in our sexual experiences. It's so huge, isn't it? It is huge. And we're not going to be able to cover everything right now in our chat either. Um, But what I want to do cover is I want to cover a few key points um, that in my experience and in working with clients that have been, you know, the biggest areas that have come up uh, for people. And when it comes to religion and shame, that can play out in many different ways. One of the ways that it can affect us is uh, specifically when we look at it through the religion frame, uh, often we aren't educated properly on sex and pleasure. And that can hugely affect how we go into sexual experiences because if we don't know the how, then that will affect what happens. Absolutely. And what what I sort of have found, I mean, I think we were, we're having a chat off air and, and I shared with Jasmine that I'd been watching some things around uh, religion and how that had affected um, girls and women and they have since left the religion and they're opening up about that. And I think, yeah, one of the first things that really hits you in the face is, is that it's just not talked about 
So there is no knowledge, no empowerment, uh, you know, Girls quite young in their teens are being married and and going into uh, their wedding nights with absolutely no idea of what's supposed to happen at all. That's right, exactly. And, you know, as we know, knowledge is power. Mm. And without the knowledge, we are disempowered from going into experiences, knowing what we can say yes to, knowing what we can say no to. Um, you know, knowing how to be in our pleasure in, in the most way as well. And a lot of religions actually shame sex and, mm-hmm. and the pleasure experience that comes with that. But then on the flip side, interestingly, you do have a few religious cultish organizations that actually uh, welcome sex and sexual experiences and then children are exposed to these things um, from a very young age, and it actually affects them from the opposite way. It traumatizes them. Yes, yes. I did hear of a particular cult in America that was all around an orgasmic experience, um, and it was sort of, I guess, like a, a, like an organized cult. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I'm, I'm actually reading a book at the moment um, of a story of a girl who was raised in a cult where they were ce- they celebrated sex a lot. Women were encouraged to go and sleep with other people. Men were encouraged to have multiple wives. Children were encouraged to watch sex from a young age. Um, and that that ex- affects your sexual experiences from that side as well. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I guess in Australia uh, we're sort of – I guess on the other side from from my experiences and people that I've talked to in that there is so much shame and stigma and mystery around sex um, in organized religion. Yes, that's right exactly we we are we are often on the other side over here so mm. it, it yeah it does doesn't sometimes it doesn't affect us as much but you know uh, myself coming out of religion it's the lack of education certainly affected my initial experience into sex and pleasure. And then the uh, the other area that it goes into affecting is we don't know how to create a relationship with ourselves and our own body. Yes. Um, because we haven't been empowered to own who we are and to connect deeply to ourselves, uh, therefore, then when we go into partnered experiences, we're not sure what we like. We don't know how we like it. We don't know if it's right or wrong, and maybe we might feel pressure to do things because we think that we have to in order to please a man because that's often the narrative that's spoken through oh, as well. Yes, yep. <laughs> and so, again, it just disempowers women specifically um, from having autonomy of their bodies. You're so right. And, you know, I'm thinking back to discussions that, uh, you know, I've seen happen around me and it is very much something that you must keep from a man until you are married and then you give that to a man. There is nothing in that that empowers you as a woman to have any ownership or agency over your own sexuality in any of that. Exactly. And that is a huge, unfortunate narrative that is communicated is that our bodies do not belong to ourselves. Our pleasure is not for us and it's all for someone else, Mm. which which hugely affects us. 
And when we do decide that we might want to start exploring our body or we get a taste of what it could be like to have autonomy of our bodies, um, that's when shame can start to creep in because if we don't know otherwise, we might feel shamed that we want to explore something different. 100%. And really, I guess, you know, we've we've talked over the time that you've been on the show uh, about your, your struggle with vaginismus and, and you know, your, your growing up. I guess that you really got to a point where you were like, this is bullshit and women need to actually be able to own their sexuality and you trailblazed in that space that you went, no, you know, the way that I've brought up, I can, been brought up, I can see that that was actually damaging to me and would be damaging to other people and I'm going to basically walk this path and I'm sure at times you sort of thought to yourself, this is going to be a bit lonely because the organised religion that I grew up in ain't going to like this at all, but I'm charging forward because I really want women to have uh, you know, ownership over their own sexual experience. Yeah, that's, you hit that one, nail on the head on that one, Louise. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly what I did. I, I guess I, I took um, the plunge and I um, decided to, you know, try things for myself and walk out on the ledge a little bit and and in turn experience a lot more pleasure and, you know, a lot more fun in my sexual relationship. And I thought, well, others are surely missing this and I want to make sure that, you know, they are not having religion and shame affect them and that they're experiencing pleasure and fun and deep connections to their bodies, um, which is what life is about. It's mm. not just about following what somebody else tells us to do. It's about following the tug that our own internal body is speaking to us. And that translate in, translates into sex as well. Absolutely. So, look, when this, this shame comes up, obviously I'm assuming that you've worked with clients who have been in exact – walked in your shoes – uh, where they have sort of thought, look, there has to be more to this sex business than what has been, what I've been indoctrinated with. I want to explore it, but this just goes against everything that I've ever been brought up to believe. Yeah, it's a tough one when you when you have a thought that goes against everything that you know, mm. um, and and it's in that moment you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice whether you're going to follow a path that perhaps you're not happy on and you feel is not the right path for you, or you have to make a choice to go the opposite direction and potentially cop a bit of flack for it, maybe hit some walls, maybe have people uh, push up against you. But ultimately, we can trust ourselves and we can trust the direction in which our bodies take us. Mm. And, and so it's just all about trusting that choice that we feel we need to make. Just amazing, an amazing message. Uh, yeah, and have you seen real transformation in those people who have really taken the plunge and pushed past that shame? I mean, I guess, where do we start with, with unravelling that? Yeah, yeah, look, I have seen huge change with the women that I have worked with, you know, when they've experienced shame, when they're, you know, trying to shift how they view sex and how they view their body and their relationship with their body. Um, it's, it's powerful work that women do when they decide to do this because what, it, what they're doing is they're choosing to own themselves and they're choosing to 
um, what's the word that I'm looking for? They're choosing to prioritize themselves and their desires. Mm. And when a woman chooses to prioritize herself and her desires, a woman is unstoppable because all of a sudden, you know, maybe there's decisions in her life that she's made that haven't been aligned, but now she has the confidence to make more decisions that align with who she truly is on the inside. And then that starts to translate externally. So this doesn't just relate specifically to sex. Mm. You know, this translates into other parts of our day-to-day life, relationships, careers, life choices, etc. That's why deepening our relationship to our body is crucial. Um, and religion and shame actually tries to stop us from doing that because it knows how powerful it is when we get to do that. Oh, look, you're exactly right. And it's through society, although you might have uh, sort of the majority of the population now who would say, uh, I, I am not religious and I don't uh, go to church and I'm not part of organised religion, yeah. that patriarchal setup is still yeah. so prevalent in our society, whether or not you call yourself a Catholic, a Protestant, a Mormon, whatever it is, or absolutely nothing, and say you're agnostic, yeah. you find that those that patriarchal system that is that has its roots in religion is still so prevalent in our society, and still the you know the the tentacles are still all over the place in terms of um, you know women owning their own power. Yes, exactly. Because unfortunately, religion, a lot of religion is woven into the way that our society operates. Yes. Because it's been around for so many years. So it is hard to start to untangle it. And like you said, whether someone is outrightly claiming to be part of religion or not, it's still woven throughout our society in many various different ways. Mm. Um, So one of the big first steps on changing it is bringing an awareness to it, making it conscious, starting to realize how these little things are, um, even with, you know, decisions that women can make about their bodies. You know, that that has religious tentacles woven through it. 100%, so, yeah. You know, it's just about becoming aware, making it a conscious thought and starting to see the effects that it has on you. And then that's where you can start to make the choices that are different from that because it's not just like a subconscious uh, thing that you're doing anymore. You're, you're bringing it to the forefront of your mind and you're going, no, I recognize that this is something that I don't want to be doing. I'm going to make a different conscious choice. And that is a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I love watching people do that for themselves because it means they're stepping into their autonomy and they're not following the path that society has told us we just have to follow. You're exactly right. You're exactly right there. And, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, starting with with owning your own body and your own sexuality has a ripple effect throughout your entire life. Exactly. Mm. It does. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I see that countless times with the women that I work with and the women that I talk with. It's inevitable. Yeah, and uh, an amazing transformation that you must see unfold uh, in working with these women and uh, stripping them of that shame and getting them to own their own sexual power but also their own feminine power. Um, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. must be so rewarding. 
Yeah, it feels like a real privilege to get to walk with women on this part of their journey and get to witness the transformation. I love it. If women wanted to reach out and work with you, Jasmine, what is the best way to contact you? Um, The best way is probably through my Instagram, at Conscious Sexuality. Um, Alternatively, you can go through my website, which is ConsciousSexuality.com.au. They're the two key ways that you can uh, get in contact with me and we can look at working together one-on-one. Excellent. Jasmine, thank you. This has been an amazing discussion once again. It usually is and we certainly vibe on um, the the topics that you bring to After Dark um, each and every time you're on. This has been absolutely no exception. A fascinating discussion and really hope that if anyone is out there listening and goes, yeah, look, that sounds like me and I'm ready to, you know, move into my own power, Jasmine is the perfect person to connect to. And thank you once again for joining us on After Dark, my friend. Thanks, Louise. People often buy toys for Christmas, then complain because they don't come with batteries. But, but, but don't they know they're new toys? The USB chargeable? Flirt Adult Store. Find us on Facebook or 90 Beaumont Street. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Well, tonight has a bit of an international vibe because for the first time, Sindra Banks joins us from Bangkok City. How was your flight? It's all going well. You're living the life, girlfriend. Just that uh, digital nomad. I'm vibing <laughs> on it. Yes, flight was good. Um, it's very hot here. We didn't really realise we were arriving in the hottest month of the year. So <laughs> it has taken a little while to get used to the heat. However, yeah, loving it now and um, embracing the, the Bangkok lifestyle. Oh, look, There's, I'm sure there's going to be some stories that come out of this, Syndra, that may or may not make it to the podcast because they'll just be too saucy. But um, I'm living vicariously through you. Very jealous. She's just shown me uh, her workspace, which looks out over Bangkok City. So, yeah, look, uh, your presenter's coming to you a little bit green this evening, uh, <laughs> but that's all right. Now, while you are living it up, the rest of us are at home grinding it out, doing the day-to-day, and uh, look, I'm sure we've all seen the memes on Facebook and the whys and the the mental loads up around their gills, but I guess the theme of today's discussion is pick your battles. (laughs) (laughs) I think pick your battles and also talk about your battles instead of nagging your partner perhaps we could open a conversation which will actually get you somewhere as opposed to being annoying frustrating and then your partner getting resentful and then it being a massive block to intimacy along the way yeah okay so look we're talking about nagging now look i know i've done it oh mea culpa Uh, everybody's putting their hands up. I mean, you know, you cohabitate with somebody who is not yourself and there is going to be some friction points. But as we say, pick the battles. So is it worth eroding, I guess, uh, the sexual frisson between the two of you because of the way that your partner goes over or under with the toilet roll, for example? (laughs) 
I've done a few posts about this recently, but I haven't done a post about that. So <clears throat> maybe I should. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's definitely things when it comes to household um, expectations, let's say, that need to be addressed if it's an issue for you, if it's causing a problem. If you are constantly nagging your partner about leaving their towel on the floor, about leaving dishes beside the sink, things like that, sure, I I think that's worthy of having a conversation about household expectations and having some boundaries set. Uh, If your partner and you don't live up to each other's expectations, then the other person has to pay for a cleaner or has to you know, pay for a gardener or whatever it may be. Having that um, kind of, you know, not punishment, but like having something in place. So it's yeah. like, hey, it's cool. You can leave your towel on the floor. However, when it gets to Saturday and we have no clean towels left, um, you're going to have to take that to a laundromat or get someone to wash those. And that's cool. You know, like who cares? Like as long as it gets done, right? So I think the problem lies when we see the towel on the floor and we say something to our partner in a way like, oh, your towel's on the floor again. I guess I'll pick it up. Mm. And then you pick it up and then you're annoyed and then they're annoyed. And then you do that again. And then you're annoyed and then they're annoyed. And it's the definition of insanity, right, is doing the same thing over and over again. And expecting, expecting a, a different, different outcome. Yep. Yep. And then obviously that translates because one person feels like the parent And Mm -hmm. the other person feels like the kid who's being chastised. And that's not hot. No one wants to feel like that. That doesn't inspire connection. That doesn't inspire intimacy. That doesn't even inspire trust or safety or having someone that you even want to spend time with. So I think, and we get this from, and and this is perpetuated by memes. This is perpetuated by TV shows. This is perpetuated by movies. This is how it needs to be, but... Really, there's so many simple things that you can do and like conversations you can have instead of doing that crappy stuff that we've gotten into bad habits of doing. Mm, yeah. And look, you know, I've I've kind of been on both sides of the fence because up until COVID, I, I have to say that I was a little bit of a messy bean and, you know, and I drove my partners up the wall and so I always felt like I was being spoken down to. And then all of a sudden I found um, Marie Kondo and everything <laughs> changed in lockdown and now everything's, you know, very, very neat. And now I'm a little bit of a stickler for it. But what I found was, was that I didn't quite know how to have those conversations So when I was in that, let's say, mother role in, you know, in Mm -hmm. air quotes, I would get quite passive aggressive about the way that I brought that to the table. I didn't sort of sit down and go, hey, babe, let's have a conversation about this. I was like, oh, you know, I'll pick, I'll I'll just pick this up, shall Mm -hmm. I? You know, and what did your last slave die of? And all of those (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel seen by this conversation. <laughs> I really do. And then, you know, and then we expect, you know, because in a lot of cases it is sort of like if you were looking at a heterosexual relationship, it is the woman kind of chastising the man for being, you know, messy or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to be submissive to our strong masculine Thor that throws us over mm. his shoulder and takes us to the bedroom and has his way with us. Yeah, that's a problem. That's mm, that's, that's a, a big dynamic problem. Yeah, and and 
And it's so important. And I work on this with all of my clients. Like this is all of, this is everyone, right? Mm. Like it's, it, you know, um, because it is a huge problem. Like it's only a small thing. Yeah. A few towels here, a few dishes here. Oh, it's fine. We had another fight about it, but it's okay. Whatever. That's normal. It's actually not normal. And by just sitting down and having a conversation setting out a chores list that's equally divided that everyone's happy with. And honestly, worst comes to worst, you get a cleaner. It's actually not that expensive. And you look at how much money you spend on other crap. Then if you're constantly fighting about the cleaning, then maybe that's a solution. Maybe you get someone to mow the, come and mow the lawn. Maybe you get someone to do your laundry. That's what it comes to. Then perhaps that is an easier solution. But being on the same page with things. Maybe they have things that you're doing as well that aren't actually living up to their expectations. Maybe the way that you put things in the pantry annoys them. Like you just don't know when to actually sit down and have a conversation and open it up. Yeah. Because we've all been brought up in different households, doing different things, different ways. And what I might expect might be very different to what my partner expects. And that's okay. But if you don't talk about it, then that's where the problem lies. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess you you see this, like when couples are coming to you and they're going, you know, we're not having any juicy sex anymore. And and when you dive down into it, it is literally those towels, those dishes, those that are causing all of the issues. And then the cost of getting the therapy to address the fact that you're not <laughs> having juicy sex is kind of a lot more long-term than getting the cleaner, isn't it? Absolutely. And the thing is, most women, generally speaking, that I've I've been in contact with, that I've coached, are acts of service love language. Like that's their love language, acts of service. Mm. So if your partner's constantly not living up or not helping with that, then that's huge for those people, you know, like that really makes a massive difference because mm. they're not getting their love cup filled up constantly. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm just I'm just having a laugh cuz I know that like um, you know, one of my exes like his was definitely acts of service, but mine is physical touch. So, yeah, that huge problem the other way. Like it's yeah, I I sort of um can completely see like I didn't really care until until covid and you know got real good <laughs> at banana bread. But I didn't really care about um everything being neat, but they did. And so that, you know, they couldn't relax or not feel annoyed unless everything was perfect. And then, you know, and then that that would lead on. Whereas I was sort of like the opposite, I guess, is that I wanted the connection, all that sort of stuff to feel needed. And then I felt more like cleaning. Mm, Yeah. So even talking about that in that relationship, you know, bringing that up, this is how I feel, this is how I feel, this is what I need, this is what I need. And this is what I expect. And if that doesn't happen, then we need to talk about something else. So it's like, it's a big thing because we cohabitate with these people. We've got to spend every day with them, you know? So let's talk about the towel on the floor. And once we can shift and move that stuff, then yeah, there is more opportunity for intimacy. There is more opportunity for connection because you're not constantly at each other. You're not constantly annoyed at each other. There isn't that mother and child role being played out. Yeah, not it's sexy. Like not not sexy, not at all. Not sexy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, and I guess that people, 
when they're just looking at the fact that their sex life isn't what they want it to be, they're looking at it in isolation and they're kind of not seeing that, you know, it's a whole picture here. And if a woman is feeling like they're in their mother energy around the house, then they can't be in their sexy energy when they get into the bedroom with the one that they've just been chastising like they would a teenager. And then they kind of, in air quotes, ground them (laughs) by going, nope, there'll be no action. Exactly. You put them in the naughty corner. And you're so right. Like I have a group program starting next week called The Comeback, which In the first week, we talk about all this kind of stuff as well, about the environment. And actually, it's a lot more than just lighting a candle and putting some yummy music on. You know, if there is the towels on the floor, if there is the overflowing washing basket, if there is the dishes around the sink, like, that is your environment. Mm. Like, that stuff's important. And, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of women especially, they're not going to feel turned on when there's an overflowing basket of laundry and the dishwasher that's like been stacked ridiculously and can't function because it's not been able to spin around. Yeah, like, yeah, for it's, sure. It's, it's small things that you don't think about when it comes to sex, but these things are actually make a huge difference. I can completely see where you're coming from. Yeah, it really has sort of made me stop and take stock of, and you're right, I actually saw a, um, a guy that was speaking uh, just not like on a reel. And he said that, you know, your house or your room is sort of like a bit of a reflection of your mind. So if that's cluttered, your mind's cluttered, then you don't have that freedom and that flow sexually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I feel that if my house is messy, I, I can't lay down and relax for some sexy time. Like I, oh, wait, like let me just, you know, like you need that space to be organized. You need the the flow to be there. You need to be calm enough to be like, ah, most women need to be calm enough to be like, ah, okay, <clears throat> now I can sit back and relax. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I get it. I get it. Um, Cindy, fascinating discussion. And I, yeah, I think that, we have got a bit carried away with the whole shaming our men, I guess, on Facebook. <laughs> um, if, if you want to move forward with this, then that's not the way to go about it. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. And while, you know, we all get a giggle out of it and we can all relate to it, you can pretty much guarantee that it's 10 o'clock at night and whoever's posted this on Facebook is making a meme. They're not getting busy in the bedroom. So (laughs) that kind of speaks for itself, really. Yeah. Um, But really interesting point of view. I do love you thinking around this and it is such a simple thing that we can just sit down and have a conversation. As you say, do up like a to-do list. You know, you take the garbage out this night, you take the garbage out this night. It's a fair division of labour. Nobody feels put upon. Nobody feels like they're bossing their partner around. Uh, You know, it's such a small shift, but it could make such a huge difference. And it gets you talking about something else other than freaking household shit. Yes, because it's sorted. Exactly. Who wants to talk about that crap all day? That's way better things to talk about. There certainly is. You're not wrong there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my friend. Well, look, thank you so much for uh, opening up this discussion. Uh, It really has given a lot of people food for thought, I think. And um, there will be some uh, graphs being drawn up, I think, uh, by people who've gone, hmm, 
Yeah, okay. That is uh, one obstacle that is fairly easy to take off the table. Uh, If you want to reach out to Sindra, even though she's living large in Bangkok, she is still open to answering your questions and connecting for coaching. And you can find her at Sindra Banks on Instagram. Thank you so much, my friend. And I look forward to hearing more of your adventures in two weeks' time. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Well, I hope tonight's discussions have given you some food for thought. I really do love diving into those hot topics that might not be what you would expect in a sexy show such as After Dark, but certainly help you to turn up the heat in the bedroom. Thanks once again for joining me. I'm Louise Wilkinson and you've been listening to After Dark on Newcastle Live.